When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. I'm winging this. You know, we're winging this. We. That's a very important distinction. We'll get back to it, but I didn't plan on what I was going to say because I didn't know what to say. Because I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I knew that I needed to feel it. I feel you, Chicago. And I hear you, Chicago. There's good news and bad news. The bad news is we're not gonna get to it all right here, right now. But the good news is, is I got the time. Wednesday, Friday, four Sundays or Saturdays a year. I got the time and I ain't going anywhere. Not going anywhere. CM Punk. CM Punk's in fucking aw my friends and uh you know i don't want i don't like to drop my catchphrase that often uh 
but uh, I may have been wrong, but I doubt it. And uh, yeah, CM Punk's debut. I mean, we've all known about this for a long period of time. Was it everything that I expected it to be? Well, we'll go through that. Uh, let's just say hello, uh, brother dudes and brother dudettes. Uh, I'll introduce you to the players of the podcast. I feel like this helps. Uh, I am your host, uh, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD. And uh, now I will mention other people in the podcast who have either been on the podcast in the past or co-inhabit with me. So I'll let you know who they are because they will be referenced constantly and you may not know who they are. So we have... uh, Sir Matthew Kayfabe, who is an occasional co-host on the podcast here, who uh, he and I basically talk all day, every day on Messenger about wrestling. Uh, There is my other friend who I've also done some uh, podcast hosting with, Paul Tanner. He is a news hound friend, gives me sort of uh, funny stories about wrestling that I will reference from time to time. There is my uh, girlfriend, Kelly, uh, who is a new wrestling fan, but gives a pretty interesting perspective uh, as a comedian and, uh, well, you know, a woman. And uh, and I'm, I'm going to introduce a new player, uh, Kevin, uh, who has also hosted on an old <coughs> wrestling podcast that <coughs> we did in the past called 15 Minutes of Doom. I think there's still old episodes up on YouTube and stuff if you want to check that out. Some very drunk people talking about wrestling. I think we had one episode that went for three and a half hours. Um which seems to be the standard length of time for a podcast these days. But anyway, back in the day, that was a ridiculous thing to do. Um, yeah, let's get let's just get into it, right? Let's just get into it. I thought I would cry. Um, like I thought I would bawl. <laughs> I thought I thought I would be like the CM Punk crying guy. Uh, when Punk debuted. First of all, I just want to give big props to AEW for opening with Punk. I know you don't really have any other option, but I feel like maybe other companies or other people would have left it till last and forced people to sit through the rest of the show. Um, you know, and then putting other wrestlers through constant CM Punk chants and stuff. It was just smart. You, you get Punk out of the way. You know, not out of the way, but you, you, like, you start the show with that. And it worked because everything else that... And I will review Dynamite and Rampage in this episode, guys. Don't worry about that. You'll hear about my opinions on both of those shows. But um, it's mainly going to be punk. Let's be fucking brutally honest. Uh, I just love that they did that. You could have gone a few different ways. And I thought, you know, as usual, Tony made um, the correct decision. Like he does 99.3% of the time. Uh you know, CM Punk's theme hit, um, which, again, phenomenal. We heard the pop at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Matt and I were talking yesterday about how often we've watched I think he's up to three and I'm at five, <laughs> uh, which is almost a whole rampage of just watching the CM Punk 15 minutes over and over again. Oh, it is, right? Um. And then I thought all the emotion was amazing. Matt described the moment as cathartic, and I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, you're coming down the ramp, hugging, you know, guys on one side of the 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 walkway, and then jumping into the crowd, which is such a punk thing to do. Just completely 
um completely you know off the cuff and 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 not knowing what he's going to do next uh and then i think he hugged his sister and a few family members i couldn't see aj in there um she might have been one of the women that he hugged but anyway does it really matter not really um and then i was so at this stage i'm like i'm emotional but i'm also because i'm a strange nervous human being i was nervous for punk right because and for myself because i didn't want him to bomb and then everyone go oh well there's your fucking savior mate great yeah fuck i'm going back i'll see you at SummerSlam tomorrow night dickhead you know um just gonna have a sip of coffee man mark maron you know (sighs) pow just piss my pants is that what he says um so and then he just nailed it i'm not gonna go through the fucking promo b for b i mean a I played the first sort of three minutes of it. I could have played the whole thing, but it starts to get to a point of like, what's a podcast if I'm just playing, I just play all of Rampage and then at the end me go, it was good, I liked it. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, just a few highlights from the promo. I loved that he took his time, steadied himself, um, and then was very open, very emotional, apologized to us, you know, for if any of us felt, you know, slighted for him leaving WWE and, and not wrestling for such a long period of time. And then sort of clarify, like doubling down on that of like, you know, I needed to get healthy physically and mentally. Like, fuck. And it really, you know, I, I kind of made this slight promise to myself that I wouldn't mention WWE in this or really much again anymore because they're irrelevant as far as I'm concerned to, to pro wrestling. Um, you know, they can keep making their kids TV show, but I don't really care. Um, anyway, uh, but it really speaks volumes. You know, there's a man who is a professional in his field at the top of his game. You know, I mean, I know, uh, punk was booked. I mean, he's punk. He was booked well during the the summer of punk, right? And was kind of, you know, around the the top of the cup. It was never given the credence that he should have been. We all we all know that story, right? And if you don't, you should probably look it up because it's pretty long, convoluted, and I don't want to bore you here on the podcast. But it, it's you know, then we had the pipe bomb, then we had the summer of punk, and then the ass sort of fell out of everything. And uh, WWE were being peak WWE and Sam Punk left. But for for him to get to a point where, you know, I don't think he has any reason to lie. I don't think he has any reason to lay the boots into WWE when, uh, and I, I don't think he actually did do that. He, he probably could have gone a lot harder than he did. I thought he was actually quite nice to to Connecticut. But, um. I mean, at this stage, why does he care? I mean, he signed with AEW. I assume he's getting paid very well. And he's going to get to wrestle again and wrestle like the best young wrestlers and, and people like Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and, uh, you know, John Moxley. Um, so why would he even think about WWE again? But it's still playing on his mind that he had to leave, leave his fans behind. Um, and he felt bad about that, but just physically, mentally couldn't bring himself to wrestle for that but that long man for eight years you know it's just 
to me, that just speaks more than volumes. I can't think of a word or a metaphor for it right now. It's monstrous how big that piece of evidence is about how toxic a place WWE is. You know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, just story after story after story. But we're hearing it from from Sam Punk, who was a guy who was in title pictures, who was being booked okay at times, is still, eight years later, still has some trauma associated with working for the McMahons. You know, and there's still people (laughs) online who are willing to defend that. And there's still YouTube channels who are willing to only do content for that company. Maybe they'll start doing some fucking AEW content now, huh? I noticed they all did, actually. I noticed all the, you know, all of a sudden Cultaholic's doing three-hour videos about AEW. All right. Uh, anyway, I promised I wasn't going to get uh, antsy with those guys anymore, but... Uh, it's pretty annoying. It's pretty annoying when for two years they're like, nah, look, no one watches AEW content. And then boom, you know, CM Punk debuts and they're doing live stream reactions and blah, all of a sudden they're experts on AEW. Maybe you should just keep uh, doing videos about your kid's show that you watch every week. Oh, pow, I just pissed my pants. Um, yeah, but I thought Punk handled the WWE thing well. Um, addressed all the fans in the way that he needed to, told us that it's not like a part-timer contract. He's going to be around. He's going to be on Wednesdays. He's going to be on Fridays. He's going to be on pay-per-views. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Then we got all the CM Punk is all elite. So it's a AEW contract that he's signed. Um, uh, and then the story that he told about leaving pro wrestling in, in 2005, and I've, I've got to acknowledge Matt for pointing this out, even though I, I did love it as well, is really the crux of, of his promo and, and just really rang home, I think, for a lot of people. You know, like, it just was like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, it's just so great to have this company that we can watch every week where wrestling is fun and uh it's creative and you can see that the wrestlers are allowed to create um because they're professional wrestling artists you know like they that's what they do and uh, when you allow them to do that with a little bit of guidance i think tony khan tweeted something to this effect um you get great results so i mean i just you know and then like the professionally is you know, fucking brought Darby Allen into it, which, man, what an angle. I mean, I think Matt and I talked about this four or five weeks ago <clears throat> that Darby Allen seemed to be the, um, has it been four or five weeks? Maybe two or three weeks? Anyway, um, the Darby Allen seemed to be the, the opponent that Punk was going to go up against. And, um, you know, I didn't think it was Stranger. I was just excited. I was like, wow, that's a, and that's a very CM Punk pick. You know, he's looked at the whole roster and gone, yeah, there's something about you that I can't put quite put my finger on, but you're doing something different, so I'm going to work with you. Um, yeah, just super professional. Sold the T-shirt, you know, handed out the, the ice creams, which was great. Paul loved that. That was his favorite bit of the promo. <laughs> um, 
you know, a bit of a fuck you to WWE on the way out. But, you know, not too much. Because, um, again, who cares? Who cares about that promotion? But uh, I just, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been handled better that that promo. I just thought everything about it was fantastic. You know, you talk about sticking the landing. Phenomenal. And what it has done, like even just, you know, Matt and I were talking about this last night. We've got, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about hundreds of friends, but we're friends who are laps wrestling fans messaging and saying, how do I watch AEW? You know, like in, here in Australia, is it on KO? Is it on Fox? No, no, no. You've got to watch it through fight. Here's the fight app, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then what that does, even if people come to what, I mean, the other thing that AEW does as well through things like fight, especially outside of the States, because you have to watch it through the fight app, is that it open when you go into that and say so you sign up to the AEW, it like automatically goes, oh hey, here's Impact and Ring of Honor and you know NWA and New Japan, and so it opens up this whole other world, you know, the forbidden door of us of wrestling. You know, it, it's just it's just so fucking cool, man. But it, you know, Punk arriving and debuting doesn't. It's not just the fact that a big fish has been landed by AEW. It signifies something more than that to me. There's a there's a an honesty and a real realism with punk when it comes to wrestling. And uh, I I feel like people felt that you. I mean, I know it's in Chicago, so there is that hometown thing and stuff, but it was more than that. That pop was more than just like, oh, he's from Chicago. Um, that pop was, a oh, fuck, he's here, man. You know, now, now AEW can really fucking get to work, you know, um, converting hearts and minds. <laughs> but it just opens up so many possibilities. It gives a legitimacy to AEW, but there, there is a real quality there's a real truthful and honest and uh well yeah just real quality to to say a punk that uh uh what's the word that i'm looking for there's a um oh, i was just on the tip of my tongue it doesn't matter but it, it, his his uniqueness and 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 uh the way that he goes about things lends an air of um, sheen to AEW that I don't know if they were missing, but it just adds to it. Um, and it's got, it's, you know, it has a hundred percent got people interested. I mean, you're looking at those videos that are on YouTube that just AEW and TNT put up, you know, we're looking at 6 million, 7 million views. I mean, it only happened a day ago. Um, there are, you know, I mean, that's any of the wrestling promotions would kill to have that many people watching an episode of their, of their product, right? Um, look, let's, let's quickly go through Dynamite. I, I know the whole class is going to be like, more Sam Punk, but let, let's just go through it and, uh, and then we'll get to Rampage. We'll get back to Sam Punk, right? Uh... So Moxley and Eddie Kingston walk out uh, to the ring to kick off the show. 
and they got ambushed by Daniel Garcia and uh, 2.0. I'm really liking 2.0, real throwback w, uh, WCW Nitro feel to them. Um, kind of like American Males. I mean, they're better than that. They're better than American Males. Uh, nasty Boys. Like they've kind of got. I don't know. They've got this like. I mean, I'm naming terrible tag teams. So they're better. They're better than that. But they've just got that. Presentation wise, they've got that sort of Saturday morning cartoon vibe that I quite like. But they're also like really aggressive and they cut good promos. Daniel Garcia. Uh, I'll credit Matt for this because he said it. Uh, he sees a uh, Daniel Bryan. A lot of Daniel Bryan and Daniel Garcia, which I think a lot of other people have said as well. But I, I like Daniel Garcia. I can see a lot of potential for him. And, you know, he's got, you know, on the stick, he's got some skills as well. So um, I think, I think Garcia might be Brian's, I think they might build Garcia up and, and Brian Danielson's first opponent or feud might be with, Garcia, because even with Punk, right, like his first feud is with Darby Allen. So there is still this, I don't know whether it comes from the top or whether these guys are coming in and saying, no, I want to do this. Like you see it with Christian and, and working with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, um, Punk working with Darby Allen. It would not surprise me to have Brian Danielson come in and work with Daniel Garcia to, to, put, to put him over. Um, you know, because all of these guys worked in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and that's what happened. That's what you do, you know. Uh, it's great. It's so great. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus uh, 2.0. Um, we got uh, you know, Sting. Uh, the double Scorpion Deathlock. Amazing. Amazing. Loved it. I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, but there's something going on. The, the, the feel I feel like maybe a faction is bubbling away with Sting and Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston and and John Moxley. Uh, maybe it's just you know faces helping each other out and that's that's cool. But um, yeah, just get the vibe. Maybe there's something happening there. CM Punk floating around, going up against the, I don't know, the Shield, John Moxley, CM Punk. Who knows? Um, what else did we get on this episode? Dan Lambert's probe was was pretty great. Actually, mentioning UFC was a eyebrow raiser for me. I was like, mm, okay, this could be interesting if AEW managed to land like a professional relationship with UFC. Ah, pow! I just pissed my pants. Uh, in some shape or form, um, that's a big get as well. That's huge. And, uh, I know Punk was you know was only in the USA for a cup of coffee, but you know, I mean, I'm not. I've been on record that I'm not a huge fan of crossover between MMA and wrestling, but I understand the thought process behind it. If it bring, I just don't know how successful it is. You know, it might get brand recognition out there but just having some mates who are into mma i know their reaction is why the fuck would i watch wrestling when i watch people actually fight um and my response is like because of the pretty colors and the costumes and the stories um uh, but um yeah it doesn't seem to get people across the line uh, then we had uh, the young bucks versus jurassic express um 
this was a great match. Young Bucks won. They're such good heels. Um, Kelly, uh, the girlfriend, um, has nicknamed the nicknamed the Young Bucks the hairdressers, and I think um, I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. Uh, she does love them, but uh, yeah. Uh, Britt Baker cuts a good promo as always, uh, and then we got the one thing this week that I just. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to get on board with this. Uh, Paul White's being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He gets interrupted by fucking QT Marshall or Marshall. Um, look, the thing that sums up this... I mean, okay, Paul White's going to wrestle QT Marshall at all out. Fuck. Okay. Um, the thing that sums up this promo is QT Marshall's awful, like, reaction at the end of it. Uh, it, it just needs to be... I just don't understand. I don't, I don't, does QT Marshall know where the bodies are buried or something? I don't understand why he's continually being booked. You know, you could have Paul White going up against anyone, you know? you Like, rather than having Ricky Starks in this feud with Brian Cage, which seems to be getting little to no attention, even though I think it's a good feud, like, you know, Team has being divided, blah, 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 blah. Have Ricky Starks go up against Big Show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I I don't know. Like, I suppose they're putting Paul White with QT Marshall because then Paul White can, like, squash him. And then Paul White's part of the roster, right? So he's always a sort of threat. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, then we got more Team Taz stuff. Uh, super bad. Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa won this. Got a massive pop. Uh, she's over like Grover. Um, Tony Schiavone backstage with Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson. Arn and Brock, you guys cut a fucking good promo. And I am way more interested in Brock Anderson now. Um, he is going to die when he wrestles <laughs> Malachi Black. Uh, but this is cool. I mean, you're feeding the beast, but you're giving Brock An- uh, Brock Anderson uh, an opportunity. I don't know if I've seen a more look-alike father-son. It's literally like Arn Anderson standing next to a 25-year-old version of Arn Anderson. It's crazy. Uh, and then we have the main event, MJF versus Chris Jericho. I really, really enjoyed this a lot. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was just really well paced out. I thought uh, the in-ring stuff was really good considering the state of Jericho these days. And I'm sorry, Chris, but, you know, you've let yourself go, my man. Uh, the Him walking out to the ring and the whole crowd singing uh, Judas is the, the second best thing that happened this week. Um, just amazing. And, and to think of that, I assume that was... Well, who knows? It might have been MJF's idea, Tony's idea. Whoever's idea that was to, to make that a stipulation that Chris couldn't walk out to his song so the crowd would have to sing it. Just brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, MJF winning with the Judas effect. Also brilliant. Um, like getting the, the, the Judas effect involved in his arsenal. I just thought it was... I just thought it was great. Um and and Jericho essentially here's another example. This is Jericho putting MJF over. Talking to Matt, uh, I know his feelings towards this feud, especially the inner circle pinnacle feud, is it's probably gone on long enough. Which, um, 
I can see that point of view. Me personally, I don't, if the feud is good and it's got good people in it, I don't have a problem with it running a long time. I think where Matt jumped off was the blood and guts match because it felt like a blow off match. Uh, and then the sort of feud started again. But, uh, and I, I agree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. But there was always going to be an MJF Jericho singles match or feud after that. So, um, but I get what Matt's saying. He's probably right. It probably should have been held off until, yeah. I don't know how you do that because, it, like, ultimately the feud has to be between MJF and Jericho, right? So, I don't know. Anyway, they've done it. And I think, that, you know, in the end, it, the overall um, quality of the product is is really good, man. Really good. And I've really enjoyed Put it this way. I've really, really enjoyed the last five weeks of this story, the, the Jericho and MJF story. I think it's been great wrestling storytelling. I think it's done a lot to, to inflate Jericho's legacy in AEW, which was already superb. Um... But with the overall design of putting MJF over, you know? I mean, this is the guy who... And then, you know, leading into Rampage, Jericho isn't on commentary, you know, so it's it's shaking his confidence. Like, they just... They do the simple things well, AEW. They don't overlook them. They don't treat the audience like fucking idiots. They don't, you know... um, And it just makes for a great product. Uh, let's move on to Rampage. I haven't watched Impact this week, guys. I've been very busy uh, with the end of uh, semester exams and essays and stuff for university, so I haven't been able to do that. Uh, but I will watch Emergence today, and I might even do a sneaky episode about that. Um, if not, I'll definitely talk about it on next week's episode. Uh, Rampage, some guy debuted, um, and then, no, CM Punk debuted, fuck, so good, um, yeah, and then I thought the rest of the episode was pretty good as well, so, just looking at it through, um, uh, Kelly's eyes, again, uh, she was at my place on Saturday, because, uh, lockdown, we can only see each other, so she came to my place, um, and, uh, Everything's COVID safe. No rules are being broken. Um, I mean, we did go to a, a protest after that, but uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. That's a joke. That's a joke. No one dove us in. Fuck, I've got to cut that out. Um, we didn't. We didn't. We're home the whole day. I can prove it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I could just play this podcast. It's the clip after clip after clip of me having a go at fucking red pill dickheads. Um, anyway, what am I talking about? Uh, she came in and I, I put it on because I was obviously, you know, I wanted to watch Sam Punk. And she watched that with me and she was like, oh, baby, oh, you're so emotional, so cute, you little dork. But then, like, she ended up watching the whole episode. And uh, she loved uh, she loved Jungle Boy uh, and Luchasaurus. And you know what, I think I owe Jim Ross an apology because she did find the fact that Jungle Boy was Luke Perry's son, really interesting. And I think, in fact, made her care about him more. <laughs> so, JR, all those times where I was like, stop calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry, maybe you were right, maybe I was wrong. Maybe you know a bit more about wrestling than I do. Ah, pow, I just shit my piss. Um, it was a good match, though, really good match. Private Party are interesting, right? Like, 
I suppose they're just learning the ropes and going, you know, like, they're definitely not title worthy yet, I don't think. They've definitely got the ability to be at some point. But I don't, I don't know what this Matt Hardy office is doing for anyone at the moment. I don't think it's offensive, but I just think anyone who's involved in it is kind of... Look, it may have built up um, Angelico and... Uh, what's his name? Is it Jack Ross? Or... I can't remember. You guys know what I mean. Um, a little bit, but I, I just think anyone who's been involved in and around them it doesn't it doesn't help anyway christian you got involved here with jurassic express and blah 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 blah. Uh, i do love the tournament thing um and i like the short tournament as well so it'll hold people's attentions attention we've got what essentially uh what there's two two on one side and then two on the other side i don't know we've got a couple of weeks of of tournament action for for tag team stuff um, I just think that's really, really cool. Loved the Young Bucks up at the, the the top of the stage watching. Didn't really get involved. I like that as well. It doesn't have to be a beat down, you know. Um, yeah, I just thought it was cool. Just thought it was cool. Uh, Jurassic Express seemed to be the team that are being pushed uh, towards having a shot at... Um, at the elite, so be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Jade Cargill looked amazing on this episode. Uh, this also got Kelly's attention of like, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's Jade Cargill. She's like a prospect, big prospect. She's like, oh, she's amazing. Nice to see Kira Hogan from Impact on on here. Um, you know, essentially doing a job, but getting some opportunity, and I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, we could just do with a little bit, I, I know, I know the first Rampage had a female headliner match, and it's probably more than we would get from the competition, just a bit more, you know, even just a couple more promos pushing women's storylines along on the two main shows would be good, I just, you know, there's a lot of it happening on Dark, uh, I just... I know you've only got so much content and fuck this week you had Sam Punk debuting and blah, blah, blah. So there's, look, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, it's a, it's a small criticism, but it is a criticism, criticism nonetheless. And I, it's just one that myself and Matt have been making for 12 months, maybe more. And it just feels like nothing's happening with it. Um, so yeah, anyway, anyway. Uh, main event time, John Moxley, uh, versus Red Death, Daniel Garcia, um, Eddie Kingston coming to the ring with, uh, John Moxley, wild thing is over, so just, you know, was right about that as well, guys, um, just love that, just love everyone seeing wild thing, uh, when Mox comes to the ring, brilliant, 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 uh, but Garcia, yeah, like I said earlier, shows shows a lot of uh, a lot of promise. Um, yeah, uh, just having a quick look here. Yeah, so Garcia tapped out. I, I I was so sort of blown away by the the emotion of the 
the match. I, don't, I wasn't really paying off the night. I wasn't paying that much attention to the ending of the Garcia Mox match. I'll be I'll be honest. What I did notice is Sting and Darby coming out to help Mox and Eddie Kingston again. There's something going on here. I, I don't know whether it ends with them sort of being friendly and then they something happens and there's a feud and they have a tag feud, maybe? Or Darby Allen has a feud with John Moxley? Because um, if those guys end up having some sort of hardcore slash deathmatch, uh, that would be amazing. Um, but I kind of get the feeling that the four of them might gang up against CM Punk or something. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I assume Punk's going to be a face initially, right? Like, it's kind of, they kind of have to go with that momentum. But, um, I mean, he's always kind of been a tweener Punk, but uh, it, would, fuck, it would be sick to see heel Punk as well. Anyway, guys, uh, let's leave it there. I mean, there isn't really anything that I can say that would really let you guys know how, <laughs> genuinely, how much it means to have CM Punk wrestling again. And wrestling for AEW. It's the perfect fit. I've made some hyperbolic statements like CM Punk's here to save professional wrestling and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, AEW was kind of already doing that with all the other promotions as well. New Japan, Impact, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it, it just shows that... Uh, I think what it does show is that if you hold out hope for long enough and also give people enough uh, time and space to be able to work themselves out to a point where they're where they're good then great things can happen and that that really I would love to hear punk talk more about uh, you know any mental health issues or physical issues that he had resulting from his time in WWE and how he went about resolving that um, because I think that would make this signing and him coming back to AEW even more momentous and would get people even more on, on side. But he's not really that kind of guy, so I won't hold my breath for that. But look, fuck, CM Punk back, man. I've ordered the T-shirt. Matt's ordered the T-shirt. I assume Paul probably has as well. Um, you know, Kevin's watching wrestling again. I mean, what a time to be alive, people. Fuck, CM Punk. It's clobbering time, people. Uh, but until next week, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs>
the cult of personality The cult of personality The cult of personality to be